Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. Today we have Joel C. Rosenberg. He's a New York Times bestselling author of 15 novels and five nonfiction books with nearly 5 million copies in print. His latest book is The Jerusalem Assassin. Joel, welcome to A View From The Wall. Great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on the program. Yeah, so we talked a little bit before the program about some of what's going on today in our world. You have the coronavirus going on, but another big issue going on is this ongoing Middle East peace plan. And your novel talks a lot about this, kind of set the stage of what is going on in the Jerusalem assassin and how it connects with what is going on in the Middle East right now as it relates to some of the Middle East peace discussions. Sure, happy to. Well, uh, in the Jerusalem assassin, my uh, fictional American president is, uh, is getting ready to roll out his big Middle East peace plan. Uh, he wants to give a major address on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem in the old city. And he dispatches uh, his senior national security team to brief world leaders on the plan that he's about to announce. However, uh, several of the uh, senior architects of the peace plan begin to get assassinated. And this really rattles uh, the president of the United States. And he begins thinking that maybe this is the wrong time. Maybe I've got to rethink this. this We've got a real crisis on our hands. Right at that moment, as he's getting reluctant to roll out the, the peace plan, he gets a back-channel message from the Saudi government. And the Saudi crown prince basically says, Mr. President, if you, we're not a big fan of your plan, but if you will invite me to Jerusalem to have a high-level, high-profile peace summit with the Prime Minister of Israel and with you, Mr. President, hosting us both, and if you sort of insist that we come, then we will come. And the president gets electrified by the idea that with very little chance of Israelis and Palestinians making peace in the near term, that maybe the Saudis really are ready. And this would be historic. This would be a game changer. And he decides he wants to do this. And his security team says, Mr. President, with all respect, it's insane. You cannot go to Jerusalem, to the Temple Mount, with the crown prince of of Saudi Arabia and the Israeli prime minister right now with some unknown terror group that we've never heard of before, all gunning for you guys. And that's really what sets into motion this new thriller, uh, The Jerusalem Assassins. Joel, this series fits the fact-based fiction genre for sure, as you've already described. But I love that Rick Santorum, former U.S. senator, made this comment about your books in general, not just this one. They paint an eerie, terrifying, page-turning picture of the worst-case scenario coming to pass. You have to read them and then pray it never happens. How do you keep getting the events so right in the in the world? Well, I hope this one doesn't come true. Well, I, I'd love to see the Peace Summit. I don't want to see the terrorists, you know, come out of the woodwork to blow up another uh, peace process. We've had too much violence and suffering and terror in the Middle East and around the world. But that's one of the things that happens very often in peace processes, at least in the Middle East, is that it, it, it brings out the bad guys who are, you know, they're evil and they, they're hell-bent on preventing peace from happening. We, we, we saw this uh, in the case of 
the Egyptian president, Anwar Sadat, right? He made peace very dramatically, first Arab leader to make peace with Israel in 1979. And two years later, he's assassinated by his own people, by the Egyptian, uh, by Egyptian terrorists. A few years later, we have Yitzhak Rabin, the prime minister of Israel, makes peace with Jordan, uh, with King Hussein, and then gets killed by an Israeli extremist, a terrorist. And uh, unfortunately, some of my, you know, some of my scenarios are, are closer to reality than, than any of us would care for, for. Right. Well, you also talk about this from some personal experience. I know from reading some of your material that you were the first dual U.S.-Israeli citizen ever to meet with the Saudi crown prince. Uh, tell us a little bit about your own personal experiences there. How did that come about? What has that been like to have some kind of connection with the Saudi leadership? Well, yeah, that's true. I, I think I'm the, uh, the actually, I am a dual U.S.-Israeli citizen and and actually no Israeli, I, I'm told, now has has ever met with the leadership of Saudi Arabia publicly. I'm sure that some of our intelligence officials have done it behind the scenes and quietly. Um, it, it, what's happened over the last several years, guys, is that I have been invited to lead six delegations of evangelical Christian leaders to meet with Arab Muslim leaders in the Middle East. I've taken two delegations to Egypt, one to Jordan, one to uh, the United Arab Emirates, and two to the to Saudi Arabia, and now we've been invited to uh, bring a delegation to meet with the King of Bahrain. So the first time we met with the Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, arguably one of the most controversial leaders on the planet, uh, we met with him in November of uh, 2018 in Riyadh. We spent two hours with him at the palace. Again, not only was I the first Israeli, uh, he told us, you're the first Christian leaders in, in, in the history of Saudi Arabia we've ever invited to the palace for discussion. Wow. And it was extraordinary. And we, we not only got to talk to him uh, for two hours about, the, about hard issues, tough issues. Why are there no churches in Saudi Arabia? Would you be open to considering you know, opening uh, a, a church? Um, what about all the extremists that are preaching in your mosque? Uh, are you open to peace with Israel? How do you see the threat from Iran? Uh, issues of human rights and, and so forth. And uh, we spent uh, two and a half days in the kingdom meeting with other senior leaders also, but certainly the highlight, the most dramatic meeting, the one that made news all over the world, was with the crown prince. And amazingly, at the end, we even asked him, what uh, we are commanded in the scriptures to pray for kings and all those in authority. How can we pray for you, your royal highness? And he gave us some prayer requests, and we asked him, may we pray for you right now? And we did in the name of Jesus. And if that wasn't extraordinary enough, guys, he then invited me to bring another delegation and continue the conversation. And we did that in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, in uh, September of this past year. So it's an ongoing conversation, um, ongoing relationship. Look, Saudi Arabia is a very troubled country. It's got a lot of changes they need to make, and uh, they've made a lot of very bad decisions and mistakes over the years. But, uh, you know, to be a novelist writing about these things and actually be in these palaces to meet with these world leaders and get their perspective. Like my novel still fiction, The Jerusalem Assassin, I'm not saying that the Saudis are ready to come to Jerusalem, but... But it is interesting to, to write novels that are based on that level of 
firsthand uh, knowledge. This is such a fascinating story, and we've been talking to Joel Rosenberg, author of the new novel, The Jerusalem Assassin, and we'll be right back with more here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Did you know God provides clues, prophetic signs to announce and confirm His working? It's important that God's people correctly identify and interpret these signs. In Luke 12, Jesus rebuked the crowds for being able to identify and interpret signs which predicted the weather, but were unable to identify and interpret the signs which announced His coming and accompanied His ministry. Today, watchmen are to watch for and be spurred on by the prophetic signs that indicate the return of the Lord is near. Watchmen do not just watch, they work to see that as many as possible are ready for the return of the Lord. Visit imawatchman.com to learn more about these times and what it is to be a watchman for Jesus Christ. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, and we've been talking with best-selling author Joel Rosenberg about his latest novel, The Jerusalem Assassin. And this is not just fiction, as we talked about in our last segment. He has much experience in talking with Middle East leaders. He spent time with the Saudi crown prince and leadership there. And so we have a lot that we're talking about that's not just on the fictional side of, of novel writing and story making, but what's going on in our own headlines today. We want to talk a little bit more about that and uh, one thing we want to discuss is that there is a Saudi role in the peace plan with Israel that's going on right now. The deal of the century Donald Trump has presented with Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel. And from your interaction with them, Joel, tell us a little bit about what the reality is of the situation with the Middle East now. Are people really looking seriously at this deal of the century? Do you think it's going to go forward? What are your thoughts on it living in Israel and taking it from that perspective? Sure. Well, Dylan and Joe, I think that... Uh I think that the, uh, President Trump has actually come out with a very interesting, very creative, and in many ways a very compassionate um, uh, peace plan between the Israelis and the Palestinians. It really takes into account a lot of the fears and concerns of both sides. Now, admittedly, the Palestinians have said, uh, the leadership anyway, that said this is dead on arrival from the beginning. They, they are just boycotting any type of conversation or dialogue with the American government, much less the Israeli government, and that's that. Because the Palestinians, uh, they deserve better. The people are suffering. They need peace. They need prosperity. They need uh, a freedom. And they don't have it right now. So it, the, the plan really is dead in the water um, between Israel and the Palestinians. But I met with President Trump, uh, Vice President Pence, Secretary of State Pompeo, and, and then the National Security Advisor, John Bolton, last year at this time when my previous novel, uh, The Persian Gamble, came out. And uh, we met. We did, we were discussing. My, we were discussing my novels and and, uh, and and the same conversation you and I are having. But we also talked about the peace plan. And I, and I said to uh, this team in the Oval Office, um, you know, my recommendation is that as when you when you finally do come out with your peace plan, you know, I don't expect it to have any benefit towards the Palestinians in the near term. They're not going to say yes, right? But but make sure that the plan makes it easier 
for the Arab states that do want to make peace with Israel to keep moving forward uh, in that process. I'm talking about countries like Bahrain, uh, the United Arab Emirates, Oman, Morocco, and yes, even Saudi Arabia. These are countries that are showing bit by bit that they're warming their relations with Israel. And this is historic. And they are, are, are starting to wonder. And I actually talked to each of these leaders directly. And I said to them, it's been 25 years uh, since an Arab leader has made peace with Israel. Egypt did it without waiting for the Palestinians to make a final deal. Jordan did it without waiting for the Palestinians to make a final deal. And the Palestinian leadership is just not ready. So would you consider, and I would encourage you to consider, uh, making peace with Israel anyway. And hopefully over time, the Palestinians will get ready. And so that is, I think, an active conversation. Now, again, in the novel The Jerusalem Assassin, I am extrapolating out you know, a number of years ahead what could be if the Saudis showed that willingness to come to Jerusalem and really start to have that conversation. But I don't think it's, it's fiction now, but I don't know that it's science fiction. You know, I think it's, I think it's something right. that's actively being considered. Let's switch it over to Bible prophecy for a second, because you made reference to that several times, and we know that you come at Bible prophecy from the same direction we do. With all of these interactions with world leaders and people from other countries and Arab countries, Israelis, all the different people you talk to, do you feel like any of them have a sense of Bible prophecy and end times understanding, seeing the world as, as this being a time of the last days? Well, it's, wow, that's an interesting question because uh, obviously these are uh, Muslim leaders, Sunni Muslim leaders, uh, and, and, and most of them are very devout. So from their own eschatology and theology, they do have a belief that uh, we are heading towards the end times that, and, and they believe that Jesus is actually coming back. That is a, a Muslim view that he's coming back. Unfortunately, they don't believe that he's the son of God. They don't believe that he died on the cross, and they don't believe he rose again, and they don't believe he's coming back as the Savior, whose name is the only name we can turn to uh, for salvation. So that being said, uh, we have gotten to talk to them about Scripture, some, sometimes in some meetings. For example, with uh, President el-Sisi of Egypt, we had a fascinating conversation with him about uh, Isaiah 19 and the prophecies that in the last days, uh, Egypt and Israel and the territory known historically and biblically as Assyria, that would be the current country of Syria, but probably also uh, Lebanon, Jordan, and even part of Iraq, that they, we will all have peace with each other. That was so fascinating to sit and talk to uh, an Arab Muslim leader, the head of Egypt, um, about Isaiah 19. But most of them, no, we, we haven't gotten into Bible prophecy. We're trying to deal with other things like uh, the, the principles of making peace, right? And, and on that note, uh, Dylan, I should, uh, and Joe, I should probably note, I think a lot of Christians are a little bit, um, let's just say, schizophrenic on the topic of Middle East peace. I Meaning, on the one hand, we know that God commands us to pray for the peace right. of Jerusalem. We sort of have that. We know that Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. Okay, good. We know the scriptures say, seek peace and pursue it and make peace with all men to the extent it uh, you know, depends on you. Okay, good. 
On the other hand, some of us, you know, uh, some evangelicals, uh, maybe on the more dispensational side, would say, uh, yeah, but aren't we expecting the only peace to come when the Antichrist brings a false peace? Which is true at some point. We have to remember that the peace with Egypt wasn't a false peace. It's not the warmest, coziest peace in the world, but it's worked, as with Jordan. So I, I think we have to be careful. Um, I, I meet Christians who think that, you know, President Trump's plan won't that just usher in the Antichrist. Well, you know, I mean, we don't, I mean, when you look at locust plagues in the world and, and a global pandemic as the coronavirus, you start thinking, mm, I guess we could be really much closer than we realize. And that's, that's possible. But I think we have to be just careful. We are supposed mm-hmm. to be peacemakers as Christians. Um, and we also have to remember there's another prophecy, super fast, Ezekiel 38, 39. This is a prophecy after Israel is reborn as a country, which is where we are today, where Russia, Iran, Turkey, and a group of other countries form an alliance to come against Israel in the last days. And in that text, uh, countries like Sheba and Dedan are not part of the coalition, and they're like, hey, why are you guys doing this? Where is Sheba and where is Dedan? This is the Arab countries of Saudi Arabia and the Gulf region. Could we be closer than we realize? Yeah, uh, we're seeing Russia and Iran form an alliance with Turkey, and the Gulf states are starting to show real warmth towards Israel. So the, the pieces on the chessboard are starting to get arranged, we just have to be careful not to, you know, speculate or sensationalize Bible prophecy and try to make it and try to shoehorn it into the day's headline. Hope you've been enjoying this conversation with Joel Rosenberg, author of The Jerusalem Assassin. We'll be right back with more after this. The rapture can happen at any time. You may be ready, but are your friends and family spiritually prepared for the coming of the Lord? What will happen to those left behind? We've created a new resource to help you help them. It's called the Rapture Kit. Included in the Rapture Kit is a Bible and vital information on what the Rapture is and how to prepare for what's to come. The Rapture Kit also includes eight books on prophecy, apologetics, the Christian walk, and being a watchman for the Lord plus a number of video and audio teachings all preloaded on an 8 gigabyte flash drive. Become more strategic and active in your witnessing. Warn the lost about the coming rapture and help individuals in the post-rapture world be drawn to Christ, equipping them to become the next generation of ministry leaders. Learn more and order at rapturekit.org. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan with Joe, and we've been talking with Joel Rosenberg about his new novel, The Jerusalem Assassin. One thing I loved about our last segment together is this theme that Joel talked about of peace, that we are to be peacemakers. And even Jesus said in the Gospels that we are to be peacemakers and blessed are the peacemakers. So I look at Joel as a good example of this because he not only writes these novels, these thrillers that keep people up late at night speculating about what's going on in the world, but he also runs an organization called the Joshua Fund that helps in very practical ways in the Middle East. Joel, take a moment, tell us a little bit about your work there. Sure. Well, we began, uh, my wife and I uh, founded the Joshua Fund back in 2006, 
Um, because as a novelist, yes, I'm writing about worst case scenarios in the Middle East and how it affects all the people in the region, Muslims, Jews, and Christians. Uh, but of course, there really are bad things that have been happening uh, all these years, multiple wars in the region, terrorism, genocide began by ISIS against the Christians, uh, right, in 2014, 15, 16. So people, start, you know, people were asking us, well, okay, how can we actually help? How can we help strengthen the Christians in the Middle East? And how can we help them be a blessing, a witness to advance the kingdom of Christ in their region? That's why we started the Joshua Fund. And I, I think of the Joshua Fund like a, like a mutual fund of, uh, of, of ministry. Uh, if you have a heart for Israel, the Palestinians, and we, we also focus on five neighboring Arab countries, Lebanon, uh, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, and Egypt. And we've invested more than $50 million uh, uh, since 2006 in the churches, in, in evangelism, in Bible uh, translation and Bible distribution, in discipleship, pastor training and encouragement, humanitarian relief, care for Holocaust survivors and Iraqi and Syrian refugees, and so forth. Uh, because we do need to strengthen the church uh, in, in the region to be his, God's witness. And uh, we, we don't just do money. It's, it's encouragement. It's training. It's prayer. Um, but this, this is a critical time. And the good news is more Jews and Muslims are listening to the gospel and really considering it than ever before. And actually more Jews and Muslims are coming to faith in Christ at any other time in human history. So this is an extraordinary time to be investing and praying in the work of the kingdom uh, in what I call the epicenter, and that's what the Joshua Fund's mission is. Let me take us back to a last day's timeline here for just a second, Joel. Um, on a last day's timeline, your your series talks about the proposed peace plan, and we draw that from Daniel 9, 27. The King James says the Antichrist will confirm a covenant or a peace plan with the many. The Hebrew word there is gefer, and it actually translates better as amplify or strengthen. So it may actually be a peace plan that's already in place. And he does something to move that forward. As far as the world stage is concerned, do you think the world is moving toward a place where they could accept that kind of an international leader like the Antichrist? Yes. Yes. And when you look at what this extraordinary, horrific uh, uh, coronavirus epidemic right now, you realize that that when God decides the times are right, the world can change Instantly, like you know, this this is a virus that we never heard of. By you know, as as we speak, it has absolutely changed the day to day patterns of every single person uh, in this country and, and and throughout much of the world. In Israel, where I live, it's we're on a total one hundred percent lockdown. You can't enter the country unless you're an Israeli, uh, and and you can, and every every tourist and business person had to leave. Uh, every everything is closed. I mean, this is, has huge implications. Look, I, I absolutely believe that we are living in the last days. I believe that, uh, you know, we are awaiting the rapture. But there are things that could happen, uh, things that have happened before the rapture that are prophetic, right? The rebirth of the state of Israel happened before the rapture, um, you know, and so we're, and we're seeing it come to pass. And all the, all the signs that are going to lead up to this war, rumors of wars, pestilence, uh, uh, you know, famines, earthquakes. We're, we're seeing these birth pangs happening, but 
are the again are the pieces being put into place? I believe they are. Now, could that be fifty or a hundred years away? It could. Could it be much sooner? Yes, it could. I mean, we are living in times that are they're absolutely extraordinary, and they can be very scary. Um, this is why the church needs to cling to Christ for our own hope, but as well as being a witness to those around us who have no hope and need the hope of Christ. Well, that's well said. And for many of our listeners, they consider themselves watchmen, like the Bible talks about, or watchwomen. They watch, they warn, they witness, they interpret the daily news in light of Bible prophecy, and they want to finish well as we anticipate the Lord's return, as you've mentioned. As we come to our last couple of minutes here in our program, we'd like for you to share a word of encouragement and challenge those in our watchman community. What would you say to encourage those who are looking into these last days? Well, I would say that uh, uh, we absolutely must spend uh, time every single morning in the Word. It's easy to get uh, so busy that we're not spending time abiding in Christ, letting Him speak to us. We have access to the Creator of the universe who loves us and made us and has a plan for us. And yet, you know, it, it, it would be, you know, for me, I've gotten opportunities that most of your listeners will probably never get to, to meet with presidents, prime ministers, kings, to go to their palace. When those things that happened, I didn't say, you know, I'm tired. I'm not. I'm not meeting with them today. I, I'm going to roll over. I got other things to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play a, a video game. I'm going to go to the movies instead. A king invites you to meet with him. You go and meet with him, right? So okay. the king of the universe is inviting us to meet with him every single morning, every single day, and we need to do that. And then let him, through his word in the scriptures, tell us this is how I want you to live today, so you can walk with me in confidence, but you can be a witness to your neighbors, to your friends, to your coworkers, to your fellow students who absolutely don't know me and need to because the time is short. Well, that's well said. And again, if you've just joined us, we've been talking with Joel Rosenberg, best-selling author of numerous novels, including his latest, The Jerusalem Assassin. If you have not picked it up, it just came out this week. We're excited to have you get a copy of it, read it, find out about these stories that are going on in our world today from a fictional point of view, but also log on to Joel's website and find out more about his news information that he's sharing. Tell us just real quickly before we go, how can people get more information about your website and about your books? Sure. Well, the website is my name, joelrosenberg.com, and you can go from there to uh, my blog where I'm tracking uh, uh, these type of issues in real time. Uh, you can also uh, find the Joshua Fund at either joshuafund.com. Please come and learn about it and, uh, and pick up a copy of The Truth and Assassin. If you're quarantined in your home, God forbid, but still, uh, or you just don't want to go out, you can download uh, The Truth and Assassin or any of my books. Uh, as an ebook or as an audiobook. You can just let somebody read it to you. <laughs> and, that's uh, right. You, you don't even have to go to the bookstore, um, and that's a good way to do it these days. That's right. No excuse. Download the ebook. And remember, we have other books in the series as well The Kremlin Conspiracy and The Persian Gamble, which I've read, are both fascinating books. Joel, thanks for being with us here on A View from the Wall. Oh, great to be with you guys. God bless. And again, we appreciate you being with us and encourage you to check us out for more information at IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. Look forward to joining you again next time. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. 
A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.